Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with R.A. Spratt. Today's story is called Friday Barnes and the Case Where Binky Cheated. Here we go. Ah, there you are, exclaimed Binky. Melanie and Friday turned to see Binky Pelly, Melanie's older brother, jogging towards them. He was a tall, strong boy and always very amiable, if not quick-witted. Hello, Binky, said Melanie. Were you looking for us? "'Well, it's nice to see you, Mel,' said Binky. "'But I was actually looking for Friday. "'I've got myself in a spot of bother.' "'Again,' said Melanie, sympathetically. "'Binky nodded. "'I've been accused of cheating in an exam. "'There's a meeting with the headmaster at two o'clock "'to decide whether or not I'm going to get suspended.' "'Did you cheat?' asked Friday. "'Oh, goodness, no,' said Binky. "'I wouldn't know how to go about it. "'I suppose I could write notes on my palm, "'but my palms always sweat so much during an exam "'they'd just come right off.' "'Who's accusing you?' asked Friday. "'That's just the thing,' said Binky. "'Mr. Colpo, the physics teacher, didn't have a problem with my result. "'But when the head of science department found out what I'd scored, "'he accused me of cheating.' "'What did you get?' asked Friday. "'A hundred percent,' said Binky. "'I got every answer right.' "'How on earth did you manage that?' asked Melanie. "'Are you secretly good at physics?' Oh, gosh, no, not at all, said Binky. I never would have agreed to study the subject if I'd known what it was all about. What did you think physics was about, asked Friday. On the subject selection form they gave me, when I read physics, I just assumed it was an abbreviation for physical education, said Binky. I like that. I'm much better at running around catching things than I am at understanding the fundamental laws of science. Ironically, ball sports involve an enormous amount of practically applied physics, said Friday. So actually, you instinctively understand the subject better than you realise. I do, said Binky. That's nice. Thanks, Friday. I feel rather chuffed to know that. Well done, Binky, said Melanie, who was very fond of her brother. Hey, you don't think I'm so good that I actually got all the answers right because I knew what I was doing, asked Binky. I wouldn't go that far, said Friday. Mr. Colpo sets notoriously difficult physics exams. He almost caught me out with one of his questions, until I realised he'd made a typo and he meant F when he typed E, which would of course been disastrous in reality because energy would have been force, a totally different thing. But when everything is comfortably theoretical, what's one mistyped letter between lovers of physics? I'm afraid I didn't follow a word you just said, said Pinky. My fault, I digress, said Friday. Tell me, what sort of exam was it? There's only one kind, isn't there, said Binky. A horrible one. No, I mean, was it a practical exam, essay, short answer, or multiple choice, asked Friday. Oh, multiple choice, said Binky, which is always my favourite. I like colouring in the little ovals. I find it very satisfying. Reminds me of kindergarten. Then it could have been luck, said Friday. Perhaps, through sheer chance, you guessed all the correct answers. How many questions were there on the paper, asked Melanie. Twenty, said Binky. How many do you think you got right through knowing the answer, asked Friday. 
Oh, absolutely none, said Binky. I couldn't understand a word of it. The language was all gobbledygook to me. And when I could understand the words, I couldn't understand why anyone would be interested in the answer. There were all these questions about trains travelling at different speeds in different directions and where they'd end up at certain times. I mean, if I wanted to know that, I wouldn't do a sum. I'd just go and ask the station master. Very wise, nodded Melanie. How did the other students go, asked Friday. About what you might expect, said Binky. Most people got between four and seventeen answers right. Except you, said Melanie. Yes, me and Henrietta Callow, said Binky. What did she get, asked Friday. Twenty out of twenty-two, said Binky. Was she sitting next to you, asked Friday. Did she copy your paper? No, she was on the far side of the room, towards the front, said Binky. There's no way she could have seen anything on my desk. Did you copy her? asked Melanie, obviously not meaning to, but perhaps the exam was so boring you fell asleep and did a little sleepwalking. Nothing of the kind, said Binky, although I did see Henrietta nod off for a while, but she definitely didn't walk anywhere. And they think she cheated too? asked Friday. Mr. Spiteri, the head of science, is sure of it, said Binky. She's not as dim as me, but she's much lazier. There's no way she'd get all those answers right through hard work and understanding things. I want to see the papers, said Friday. There must be an explanation for these peculiar exemplary results. Mr. Spiteri was not happy to see Friday. The only thing a teacher hated more than a dim-witted student was one who was brighter than them. What do you want, Miss Barnes? asked Mr. Spiteri, and why are the two Pellies here? I'd like to see the physics paper that Binky is accused of cheating on, said Friday. Accused, said Mr. Spiteri. So you think I'm a liar? That's quite a leaping reasoning, said Friday. I'd expect better from a scientist. There's a wide variety of possibilities that allow for Binky to have not cheated and you to have not lied. So you're not calling me a liar, said Mr. Spiteri, but you're saying I have poor scientific thinking. Melanie leaned closer to Friday and said... I think you're getting off on the wrong foot. I'm not saying you're incapable of scientific reasoning, said Friday. I'm saying your emotions currently seem to be clouding your scientific reasoning. Is she helping my case? Pinky asked Melanie. Not yet, said Melanie. I'm not showing a year seven girl my exam paper just so she can undermine my discipline, said Mr. Spiteri. But if you're wrong, said Friday, surely you'd like to know. Actually, I don't think he would, said Melanie. No one ever likes to know that. Just get out, all three of you, said Mr. Spiteri, and don't think you can get away with your rudeness. I'm going to send a note to the headmaster detailing your behaviour. Oh, the headmaster is well aware of how rude Friday is, said Melanie. Get out, said Mr. Spiteri. That didn't go well, said Friday, as she stepped out into the corridor. I don't know, said Binky. I'm grateful that you took some of the heat off me by getting yourself in trouble. Don't worry, said Melanie. Friday rubs people up the wrong way all the time, but she always figures it all out in the end, after she's hurt everyone's feelings. You know, if all you want is a copy of the exam paper, said Binky, I've got one, but I don't know what the answers are meant to be because I handed in my answer sheet. That's all right, said Friday. If you show me the paper, I'll be able to work that out. Friday and Melanie went with Binky back to his own room. Because he was in year 12, he had a room to himself. It was surprisingly neat and well-ordered. I hadn't expected you to be so tidy, Binky, observed Friday. Oh, I have to be, said Binky. Got a terrible memory. I can't remember where anything is otherwise. Binky went over to the desk and dug out a purple folder. Purple is for physics because they both start with P, said Binky. He opened the folder and fished out the exam paper, handing it to Friday. She scanned the first few pages. This looks like fun. There are some nice tricky questions here. Friday took a pen out of her pocket and sat down at Binky's desk. Just give me a minute to jot out the answers. 
A minute, said Binky. It was a two-hour exam. You'll never get it done in a minute. Friday had already tuned Binky, indeed the rest of the world, out. She was 100% concentrated on something she knew so well, the realm of physics. Mr. Coppo's questions were actually a lot more challenging than she'd expected. Most of them required university-level understanding of the subject, and several of them would have stumped doctoral candidates. So it actually took Friday seven minutes to complete the paper. I'm surprised, said Friday. It's crazy that the teacher set such a hard paper. Oh, Mr. Cobo has been rather down lately, said Binky. He's been sighing a lot and staring out the window and not yelling at me nearly as much as he used to. I hate to interrupt, said Melanie, but Binky's meeting with the headmaster starts in two minutes. Gosh, said Binky, I have to run. No running, said Friday. I hate running. You're coming with me, asked Binky. Of course, said Friday. I'm going to prove your innocence. How? asked Binky. There's no time for me to explain, said Friday, and there's no way I can talk and run, so I'll tell you when we get there. One minute and fifty seconds later, Binky, Melanie and Friday burst into the headmaster's office. Binky had had to drag the girls most of the way. He'd actually ended up picking up Melanie because he realised that would be much quicker. What is she doing here? the headmaster demanded as he glared at Friday, while she slumped against the doorframe, desperately trying to catch her breath. Insufferable, exclaimed Mr. Spiteri. I've already reprimanded her once for her impertinence today. <sighs> Pinky <sighs> didn't <gasps> do it, gasped Friday. He most certainly did, said Mr. Spiteri. It's a very simple computer program to mark these papers. He got every single answer right. I know, said Friday, <sighs> but he didn't cheat. How can you say that, said Mr. Spiteri, unless he had a brain transplant? It's impossible. No, you have to imagine you're Binky, said Friday. Perish the thought, said the headmaster. Imagine you're sitting in a two-hour exam, said Friday. You have the questions in front of you, and when you start reading them, you realise you don't even understand the words, let alone the questions. What would you do? I wouldn't know. I have never been in that position, said Mr. Spiteri, snidely. I'm in that situation all the time, said Melanie. What I do is guess. When you get a multiple choice exam, you're bound to get some guesses right, so your mark won't look too bad. Exactly, said Friday. Now, Binky may be a little slow, but he's also very organised. So in a two-hour exam with 20 questions, he would know that he has six minutes per question. He would have tried for six minutes with each one before giving up and making a guess. Yes, that's what my remedial tutor taught me to do, said Binky. Did your remedial tutor ever give you any advice on which letter to guess in a multiple choice exam, asked Friday. Yes, actually he did, said Binky. He said if you're going to guess, always guess the same letter, then you'll definitely get some right. If you guess randomly from all the alternatives, it is statistically possible to guess them all wrong. And that is where the problem occurred, said Friday, because I did the exam myself. Friday turned to Mr. Colpo. Congratulations, by the way, Mr. Colpo. It was genuinely challenging. That question about quasars in a time machine would have challenged the lateral thinking of some of the world's leading physicists. Where is this going? interrupted the headmaster. He had long ago grown tired of Friday's long-winded and theatrical explanations. When I did the exam, said Friday, I discovered that every correct answer was option C. So by guessing C for every question, Binky got every question right. Is this true? asked Mrs. Pateri, turning on Mr. Colpo. Did you really set an exam paper where every answer was the letter C? I don't know, said Mr. Colpo. He'd slumped even lower in his chair. I suppose so. I wasn't feeling very inspired the day I wrote it. The C's are only one part of what intrigues me about this case. The other curious thing is, why set such an impossibly high standard exam? asked Friday. What were you trying to prove? I don't know, said Mr. Culpo. I was just trying to make it fun. 
I don't want to upset you, sir, said Binky, but I don't think any of the students, even the brainy ones, found it fun. I don't think Mr. Colpo was thinking about the students, Binky, said Friday. I think Mr. Colpo was trying to cheer himself up. Mr. Colpo stared at his shoes. You're not really enjoying your job here as a teacher, are you, Mr. Colpo, said Friday. Do you struggle to get out of bed in the morning? Do you dread stepping into the classroom? Do you feel like a crushing weight of rocks is pressing down on your chest at all times? Mr. Colpo didn't even look up, but he nodded. Big deal, said Mrs. Pateri. All teachers feel like that all the time. They do when they work for a head of department who is a bully, said Friday, in a school that degenerated into a shambles when all the teachers were fired, then rehired, only to be harassed by a vice-principal who was conspiring to run the school into the ground. What do you propose we do, said the headmaster. Do I need to fire Mr. Colpo for writing a ludicrously overambitious exam paper? No, you should send him on a two-week holiday, said Friday. Mr. Colpo obviously needs cheering up. Perhaps a nice beach holiday. Mr. Colpo burst into tears. Oh, I'd really like that. I've been feeling so worn down. There, there, Mr. Colpo, said Melanie, patted him on the shoulder. Friday will sort things out for you. I can't send a teacher on a beach holiday, said the headmaster. If the rest of the staff finds out, they'll all want to go. Then say you're sending him on a training program, said Friday. There's no way they'd be jealous of that. There's no money in the budget for sending tired staff on holidays, said the headmaster. He could go and stay at our family summer place, said Melanie. It's a lovely spot right on the beach. It's got eight bedrooms, nine bathrooms and a heated pool. So Mr. Colpo would be comfortable. Oh, and Marta, the housekeeper, would love the company, said Binky. She likes cooking for people. Ask her to make you a quesadillas. Mr. Colpo was actually looking up and starting to smile now. Thank you. Thank you so much, he gushed. I haven't agreed to this yet, blustered the headmaster. I refuse to allow a member of my staff to abscond like this, said Mrs. Pateri. I suppose you could refuse to allow Mr. Colpo to have a holiday, said Friday, but it'd be much cheaper and easier than settling it in a workplace dispute tribunal and explaining the archaic management practices of this school. The headmaster sighed. I should get to go to a tribunal to complain about being bullied by you, Barnes. I'm sorry to hear you feel that way, said Friday. Morale really is at an all-time low here at Highcrest. You should look at doing something to remedy the broader problem. Otherwise, more teachers and students will start acting out. All right, said the headmaster. Colpo can have his holiday at the Pelly Beach House, if that's really all right with your parents. Goody, said Melanie. I'll arrange to have Daddy's helicopter pick you up first thing in the morning, Mr. Colpo. And Mr. Spiteri, continued the headmaster. He glared hard at his head of science. Your staff are human beings, not fruit flies on a Petri dish. Please treat them with empathy and respect. Persuading young science graduates to come and teach at a school in the middle of nowhere, adjacent to a swamp, is not as easy as you might think. And so the case was solved. The end. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just go to your local bookshop or favourite online bookseller and buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from, from across the Pesky Kids, Friday Barnes and Nanny Piggins series. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.